We're gonna go far. Keep it listening to Cat Jam in the car. Be listening to people in the industry. And my host of the show is your girl Cat C. You got special guests coming in to interview. In the studio's a Porsche that's baby blue. Yeah, we got the green light with these superstars. So let's hit the road with Cat Jam in the car. 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 Hi guys, welcome to Cat Jam in the Car. Today, our guest is Kida. Hey, Kida. What?、Uh, what's your last name again? Kida Mascaro. Is that Italian? Yeah, it's Italian. Okay.、Yeah. So first time I heard your name, I thought it's Japanese. But I look at you, I'm like, there's no way you're Japanese. Yeah, people people used to ask me when I was a kid if I was Japanese. Uh huh. And I used to say, yeah, hundred percent. So, so is Kida Japanese name? No. I mean, it can be, yeah. So it's, it's Italian. Because my brother lives in、uh, Tokyo, and they always think he's、ah, Japanese. I see. Yeah.、Oh, Even、okay. though he's obviously not Japanese, but yeah, it's a very common Japanese name. <laughs> yeah, because like you heard a name like Kida, you're like, oh, it's a Japanese name. Yeah. Or maybe yeah. I was like, yeah, are you half Japanese or no, something? No. 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 So Kida, are you, are you from LA? No, I was born in、uh, upstate New York and Utica,、oh. and then、uh, we moved to Ohio when I was in my teens,、uh-huh. and so I grew up in basically New York and Ohio.、Mm. So、yeah. then you moved to LA, like a winter.、Uh, in '98, yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, that is long time ago, right? Yeah. Do you consider yourself as like LA, like Los Angeles? Yeah, I mean, at this point, Angelinos. <laughs> yeah, at this point, I I feel like LA is my home.、Mm-hmm. You know, we we moved around a lot when I was、mm-hmm. a kid, so、mm-hmm. I um, you know, it's always been kind of this anxiety about like where am I actually from? Right. You know, because everybody's like, so where are you from? And it's like,、uh, you know, yeah, I I feel comfortable saying LA now. You know, and this is kind of where I want to be for the rest of my life. Yeah, no. I mean, who knows what'll happen, but right, LA is so diverse and it's so spread out. Like you see, you can't even any part. You can't even by the ocean. Can't even by、yeah. closer to mountain, right? Um. So, Kida, we met at the comedy show. Obviously, like comedians. Yeah. You know. So, how did you get into comedy? Well, I've always been tangentially into comedy.、Uh, in the late '90s, early 2000s, I started. Uh, hanging around this this place called M Bar, like letter M Bar,、mm-hmm. and it was on、uh, where was it? Fountain and Vine, and my buddy Joe bought that. It's a, it was a restaurant theater thing,、oh, okay. and he bought it in I don't know early two thousands, late nineties. I can't、mm-hmm. remember. And there was a really popular.、Uh, Tuesday night, which was called Death Ray Comedy Jam, I think it was, it was called,、mm-hmm. and Sarah Silverman ran it, and Zach Galifianakis, I think, ran it. I, I, there、wow. were a couple other. And what was neat was so the reason I was involved in that、mm-hmm. is at, at the time I was making, I was getting into filmmaking. I had a band that kind of fell apart, so I was、right. getting into filmmaking and photography, and a lot of, and, and I had a, I was. Cooking for celebrities at the time,、mm. and so I used my buddy's kitchen at M Bar for、uh, for my、mm-hmm. catering,、mm-hmm. and so basically we、um, and I was in there all the time, 
Like, what would happen is his chefs would not show up because they were making not a lot of money and they were potheads. So I would get a phone call at, like, you know, four in the afternoon, and he'd be like, hey, like, hey, are you, uh, can you come in and cook? I've got, like, 150 people coming in mm-hmm. for dinner, and there's no chef. And so, <laughs> and so I would run in there and and cook dinner right. and just fuck around and um and then i shot a lot of but like back then i did photography some of the comics and did some video pieces and all that stuff so a lot of those comics you know it was really interesting is they you know they were all new at the time i remember um louis ck was like i remember him doing sets in front of like five people Mm, yeah. Wow! So you were seeing like all those like huge comedians start yeah. off, right? Yeah, it was like I mean everybody oh, wow. that's huge now was in that room on Tuesdays. Really? And, wow. it, and it was a workout room. It was like you like know a maybe right? like, it was a cabaret. I mean yeah. the food sucked, so it was like you really went there. It was like a an event space, <laughs> like but they had food. food. <laughs> I mean not when I was cooking, but it was yeah. it, normally the food was awful, and right. so. There is a funny story about that. One day, mm-hmm. this is comedic. It has nothing to do with the question you asked, but it is comedy. So one day, I'm, I used to take my dog, and I would bring okay. my dog in, in with me, and I'd cook in the morning for my gigs. Mm-hmm. And so one particular day, I was in there cooking, brought my dog. Then I went to the gig <laughs> later on that night, and mm-hmm. on my way home, I noticed I had a, a message on my cell phone, and it was John. They had a manager named John. Mm-hmm. And John just called me, and his message was, don't you ever bring your fucking dog in here again, and click. And I was like, that was aggressive. And John was a friend of mine. So I'm like, that was weird. There was no explanation. I didn't know, you know. I mean, like, he he always knew you brought the dog. Yeah, bring my dog. He'd just sit there in the kitchen. I'd throw him scraps and stuff, you know. He'd never cause any trouble. He was, you know. So apparently, so... So I'm done with my gig that night, and there was a big comedy night in there, and, and I was like, okay, I'm just going to go in there and hang out. And I get to the front door, and my buddy Joe, who owns the club, mm-hmm. is sitting there. I think it was like a, I think it was a, it was like a big Sarah Silverman show, mm-hmm. I think. And this is like 20 years ago. So anyway, so I, I get to the club, and my friend Joe's like, don't go in there. And I was like, what's wrong? And he's like, dude, John's going to kill you if he sees you. And I was like, what? What's the problem? He's like, your dog. And I was like, yeah, I got this weird message about not bringing my dog into the restaurant again. I was like, what happened? He's like, well, apparently, unbeknownst to me, my dog shit about five different times in the dining room. (gasps) (laughs) I had no idea. I, I didn't know. And so apparently when they went in there to set the room up, John stepped in a big pile of dog shit. And his first thought was, I didn't. This is weird. We don't. We don't serve cake. He thought it was cake, <gasps> and so, so he's stuffing it. So apparently, there were mounds of dog shit all over the dining room. I didn't see my dog go into the dining room, but apparently he did, and he shat all over the dining room. And they had to burn like garlic. <laughs> they had to oh clean up the dog shit, God. and they had to burn garlic all oh. throughout the restaurant. To neutralize the scent because all these people were coming in. Right. Oh my God. Yeah. So there you so go. That's why he was. So, you, so if mad. you were at that show and it kind of smelled like dog shit when Sarah Silverman was on stage, it was my dog. 
Oh my god, what kind of dog are you? What's He's a pit bull. Oh, oh my god. Was a pit bull. That was a oh, long time away, ago. Huh? Yeah. Okay. Oh my god. But anyway, so that's so comedy. I go way back in comedy, but I wasn't doing comedy back then. But you just I was shooting it and and you know shooting mm. mostly photos and right. you know like uh and then years later, so when when Jimmy and I, so Greg Baldwin and I are friends, and he was inviting me to shows in the pandemic. Uh-huh. And so I went to the shows, and it was at that uh, church in Silver Lake. Okay. It was an outdoor Miranda thing. Uh-huh. And so I basically went out there, and, and immediately I'm looking around, and everybody's shooting with these shitty cameras. Right. And I was like, ah, I, I don't have anything to do, and um, I, it'd be great to plug in, you know? Yeah. So I, I just, I was like, hey, do you want me to bring my cameras, and I'll start mm-hmm. shooting, and and he was like, oh, yeah, sure. And so then immediately people start, you know, because I know what I, I'm a producer. So I have really good equipment and I know how to shoot and edit. Mm. And so I started producing these really great tapes and the comics were going crazy. And then um, and I was having fun. I just wanted to be a part of something. You know what I mean? Mm. Like I was in the pandemic. We were shut down and it was nice being around people. And um, and then Jimmy has his class, and I started taking Jimmy's class. Okay. And then within a month, I was on stage, and now I'm just you know I'm producing shows now and. Yeah. Oh, you're producing your own shows now. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Where? Um, Bourbon Room. I love Bourbon Room. Yeah, yeah I know the I know great... I know the owner too. Oh, do you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to live like so close. I live like literally I can walk there. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I did yeah. a several show there. I produced one of the show there as well. Like did a couple shows. Oh, did you? There. Yeah. It wow. was, I did that, like a main room. I also did that like lunch area. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I yeah. knew the owner pretty well, and then the Max, you know, the manager Max. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. everyone was so nice. I like that room. Yeah, it's Beautiful. a great. It's a crazy good room and. But I'm uh, Mark Saratella and I are gonna work on a a couple days over at the um uh, the three of clubs well three clubs now it's the three it was the three I heard clubs about it it's on Vine and uh, Santa Monica Boulevard oh and then um yeah I helped Jimmy out with his his shows at the at the Roosevelt I mean those aren't my shows they're his shows but I work with Gary over there and mm. we we kind of manage those nights. Yeah. Um, and then I'm I'm gonna be doing a pop up in my backyard. Of, I have a house and and it's not I, it's not mine. I rent it, but it's a little tiny house in Hollywood. Yeah, and I have a huge backyard, so I'm gonna I'm gonna start doing pop up, uh, mm. you know, shows in my backyard. Yeah, summertime would be great because oh, yeah. uh, people want to come out of summer night. By the way, I have to say, like you mentioned about you're doing like the video. Last time the video we did at a How to Improv, do you remember the show we yeah, did? Yeah, 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 yeah. I love those tapes. Did you? Oh, good, good, I good. I love those tapes. You I had put, a good set. Yeah, yeah, because I, I was like, you know, sometimes you're doing the same jokes. I feel like the performance are the same, but the video looks so different. And it comes, yeah. I have several videos did so well on Instagram from the one you taped for us. Oh, good. I think That's because great. the video quantity is higher. Yeah. So, like, the social media is like prefer like a higher quantity one. Yeah. So, like, I think it's so great the video did. Oh, I'm so glad you liked it. Yeah. yeah I mean, thank I, you. I, and that's a good room. Um, some rooms are harder to tape in. The Improv Lab is a really, really good room. It's, uh, mm-hmm. they have a great setup where I can get the, so the key with tapes, a good tape, mm-hmm. if anybody's listening about this, um, 
these are the magic things not to give my secrets away but you, you number one you want a long lens and what that means is a lens that you can get close up to the stage with um, another thing is you want to mic you want to mic the uh, the room so you get the laughter mm. but you also want to get a clean audio from the board and that's not always you, mm. not every club you can get into the board the nice thing about the lab is that they have a cord an XLR cable that comes out of the board that you can put right into mm. a, a recorder so what what I can do is I can mix the the um, the comics audio off the mic that they're speaking into with the crowd and then i have some you know i'm not really a technical guy but i have these things in uh premiere pro that i can basically blend it and and really make the the crowd sound pronounced um so that way it's you know you want to hear the crowd and oftentimes what happens is you either hear the comic really well but you don't hear the crowd or you hear the crowd and the comic you can't understand so yeah yeah, yeah. Totally. like last saturday i had a, such a great set at ice house oh good yeah, good good but, good but the thing is that i don't have like a pro like camera like you mentioned about it like the crowd work is so great but like the thing is like you mentioned like could it be like the crowd could be laughed too loud and then you couldn't even hear like my voice or something yeah so i wish i have all the equipments like you mentioned i'm actually going to start taping over there so i'll you, let you know you are Really? Yeah, I'm talking to. Well, Jimmy's got a show on Thursday. Right, yeah. And he's going to see if they'll let me tape, which I'm sure. I mean, they have. Oh, I've seen cameras really in there. They're open there. You, should, you, you can come tape on my show. Okay. Yeah, you, you're That's welcome. A deal. Yeah, it's still. My show is on Saturday. This Saturday? Uh, not every Saturday. Oh, okay. Like, I do like once a month at this point. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, yes. Yeah, the Ice House is a really, you know, and I can tell you get really good tapes out of there. Oh, my gosh. Because the room is so great. And they have amazing, like, the background. And yeah. The, oh, that the, green room is yeah. hot. Yes. That VIP green room. Yes. That's like they adapted the uh, LA Lakers concept. Yeah. Like, kind of like you know the whole vibe is just great i love i love ice house personally and yeah the, you were mentioning about like the food and many comedy places are not good right ice house oh, is it's horrible usually. ice house is only place i think with good food have you had their french fries oh my god the french fries are ridiculous curly fries and macaroni cheese and is it all good so i've good. only had their french fries oh my gosh their drinks are good too did yeah. you see their drinks the cocktails no everything is like curated so well mm -mm. oh my gosh you have to go to ice yeah it's house. good ice house is an interesting place i feel like it's a, i i prefer clubs that are a little warmer it feels a little cool in there it kind of feels like a sport mm -hmm. bar in there but that's because the owners are you know laker people yeah but that green room and it's it's new so it's probably i'm assuming we'll get good tapes out of there oh the green room is so nice i just feel like because you can't see outside but people outside cannot see you it's very private yeah yeah no it's, it's badass whole, yeah. there's no vip room in la that i know of that is better than that oh, room no, no way yeah you can sit there if this doesn't make you want to be a comic i don't know what would um you can sit there and watch the whole show as a comic you can go in the vip room and watch it's like it's Austin Powers style. It's like the it's a whole wall of where it's the mirror. It's not a mirror. Well, it's sort of like a mirror. You can't see it from the other side, but you can inside. You can watch the stage. It's 
pretty yeah, insane. It, that's kind of like Lakers style because like people, you can't have a conversation there, and the people outside they cannot hear you at all. Yeah, and it's completely private. Yeah, it's so great. I I loved it. You know, I think right now Ice House is my yeah, and favorite. You're, and you're doing shows there once a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's great. Every uh, show like right now sold out. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. Good for you. Yeah, like I just like the vibe there, and um, plus I feel Pasadena is like my hometown. Yeah. yeah, I just like like the vibe and the the club is so new. Yeah, and everything the seats are nice and just everything. Did you like, grow up in California or where'd you grow oh, up? Oh, this this area, yes. Oh yeah. SGV San Gabriel Valley. Got people it, got like, it, got it. Oh, people are like oh. Uh, which valley? I'm like San Gabriel Valley, another valley, because this Pasadena is kind of like also in San Gabriel Valley, right? Yeah. Like it's like you know right next to Alhambra, Montreal Park, this area. Yeah. So that's why I'm like I'm glad I moved back here right now because for me this is home. I lived in West Hollywood and Hollywood for almost like you know ten years. Oh wow! Wow. I'm kind of like over it right now. I feel like a back to basic, and now, you know, it's good to be home. I I feel like yeah. That's great. Yeah. So talk to me about your, uh, let me interview you. So when did you get started oh my in God. comedy? You sh no, you, I have to, we only have 20 minutes for you to talk about it, but I can talk about it myself. If you have podcasts, I can talk about it myself. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I do have a podcast. You do? It's oh, well, it's, it's, it. I just bought, it, it, it doesn't really have a name yet. I haven't stuck <laughs> that with have a name, name yet. yet. <laughs> I just bought all the equipment, which doesn't mean I have a podcast yet. It means I've got a, a non-podcast forming. I want it to be kind of an anti-podcast podcast. Like what? I don't know. Not sure yet. I feel like nowadays, it's like every comedian started a podcast. It's also a good way to like sort of like promote a show. You can talk about, yeah. you know, plug your own shows. Like, Well, what I want to do is I want a podcast mainly not for long episodes, but so I can cut it up into social media clips. Mm. To post daily. That's like my main motivation. But yeah, lots of people do that. Lots yeah. of big podcasts. You have like, to. Yeah, I watch like Joe Rogan's podcast. Nowadays, they all have small clips on TikTok and Instagram. They just yeah. take like the some funny conversation, take like highlights. Yeah. You know, like you can, you can cut it. Nowadays, you can even use a website. They will cut it for you. Yeah. I literally just did that. Last time I have this comedian, Samantha, she was in my podcast. I have this uh, kind of like a software. They automatically cut out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've seen that. I've seen that. It's oh crazy. My. Yeah, it's so great. The technology so, like, is nuts. Yeah, it, it is nuts. And it's AI, by the way. So speaking yeah. of that, that's what the strike is against that, you know. Yeah, no, it's a hot um, topic right now. Yeah. Speaking of like strike, you live in Hollywood every day. Did you see all the actors and writers? Oh yeah, yeah, strike, yeah. Right? Like I live a block from Netflix, so yeah, right. I see so it all the time. Yeah, and every day, right? Yeah, and you know, uh, I'm a huge person guy, like union guy, and big are lefty. You in, are you in SAG as well? No, I'm not in any of the unions, mm. and I honestly hate working with the unions. Mm -hmm. They're a pain in the ass. I've produced a number of films, and it's really difficult. However, that being said, mm -hmm. um, I think it's, you know, it's just really uh, mm -hmm. crazy. I don't know. You know, we're in a weird zone right now. I was thinking about I was li I was listening to a New York Times article on um, Sarah Silverman and chat GPT and, uh, <laughs> you know, this big controversy and she's suing chat B GPT. Yeah. chat GPT for what? Well, because they're, they're using, they're harvesting her material to be able to 
like you can go into chat GPD right now and be like, write a Sarah Silverman joke about pick a subject and it will generate a really accurate and it's because they've scraped all of her material in order to get the intel for it to be able to tell you what it would sound like and you know it's just one of those things where I, I can understand the artist wanting to sue for usage because it's kind of like similar to sampling and rap back in the day where it's like mm. but it's weird because it's not a person sampling now right and it's not sampling it's it's um it's a it's a non-person mm -hmm. and they're taking your work and then figuring out if there was an avatar of you what would it sound like and it's a weird concept I think um, the problem that the artist is going to have is that there's no way to stop all this. Mm. And that's, uh, as much as I'm on the side of the artist on this one, obviously, I, there's just no way to stop it. Yeah, because even like for me, I downloaded ChatGPT. Sometimes I even do lots of funny skits mm -hmm. about ChatGPT. Have you ever watched this, yeah. uh, some funny skits I did with ChatGPT? So kind of part of it's being sarcastic, but part of me also feel, oh my god, they are very intelligent. Yeah, you know? and so, it's just gonna like, get more and more so. Yeah, they're gonna become more and more sophisticated to like you know carry the jokes, the funny stuff for you, and then just inevitable. That's just like the future, like high tech stuff is gonna go. But the I mean, thing is, here's the here's the difference though, and this is what I think people are not focusing on. They should focus on is that right now AI cannot create a brand new voice. What it can create is a voice that sounds just like Cat C or just like me or just like Sarah Silverman. So it's only regressive. So it, it can't. So if you're an artist who's coming out into the world right now, it's up to you to come up with your own voice. Now that the AI can take your material and then like regurgitate it and make up new stuff. It sounds like you, but it sounds like you that's already been established. Mm. It doesn't sound like you. Um, it, it doesn't prohibit new artists so much. I think it's more of a an issue. If you're like Bill Burr, where Bill Burr's like got, what, five or six mm. specials, this thing can like probably rewrite. Because mm. Bill Burr's already established his his voice. Right, yeah. Um. I don't know. It's interesting too because they in in Star Wars they had you know they brought uh, that one character back who was like had a whole scene and it was this guy doesn't he's been dead that guy I forget the character mm. and then there was uh, Carrie Fisher's character oh, yeah. saying some lines and it's like mm. you know that's that gets in a weird territory I I feel very not good about that because it's like if you can do that then like. You know, that's you're you're taking that person's likeness without their consent and then adding stuff to it that they don't they're dead. They don't have an opportunity to dispute yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. That's kinda like the dilemma right now, the you know, uh, the people gonna use your likeness, like the high tech stuff, right? Yeah. Like if we're bigger names they definitely have the right to claim their rights. Yeah. Yeah. But like I just think But the problem is how do you enforce that? Yeah, it's gonna. I mean, it's just inevitable. It's gonna 
like they're gonna become better and better at that. Yeah. I mean, we're becoming robots, and so <laughs> I mean, it is. See, what people aren't talking about that I think is really important with this topic is that this is part of evolution. Whether we like it or not, the and I don't like it personally, but it is what it is. It's like human beings being humans turning into robots or robots coming from humanity to where we're not really a necessary component anymore. Um, that's just, if you look at it from an evolutionary standpoint, it's, there's no way you can stop this. No like way. Like there's, yeah. you can't stop AI. You can't stop. Cause even if we pull back, there's going to be someone in the world who there's billions of people on the world and many, many, many scientists all over the world that know that are at the edge of this technology. And if we don't do it, someone else is going to do it. Yeah, it is just, just like the way, like just uh, you said, it's a revolution. Like as humanity, we have to kind of look, sometimes you sort of, you have to adapt. It's like, look at thousand years ago, people riding horses, right? And uh, they're like, oh, okay. Uh, then they have cars, we have plane. And so like, you know, those people who used to own horses must be like, oh, well, like, oh, because you guys have cars right now, we, we don't have like horse for people to ride right it's kind of like the same kind of concept honestly by the yeah. end of the day it's the same thing right there will be zoos yeah. there'll yeah. be history museums you know that they have natural history museums yeah robots are going to have natural history museums <laughs> and the people that are left over are going to be working as models pretending to be human beings when there were no ro robots. Yeah. Do you remember that show called Westworld? Westworld? I, I haven't seen Westworld, no. Yeah, yeah. It is kind of like a perfect example about how, like, you know, the world is kind of, it's not just about it controlled by uh, robots or something, but it's just sort of the concept like that. You know, even like for lots of things we do these days, I mean, pretty much is AI anyway, right? It's just like, it's hard. I think it's hard for like, especially for our industry, writers are losing jobs. Actors are worried about it later on, they're gonna use AI and not gonna have actors anymore. It is kind of a big deal for our industry, I feel like. Yeah. Especially like, you know, you think about uh, like they said, the writer rooms like this, they don't want to have like uh, staff writers anymore. So many people gonna get it laid off and uh, and they'd rather just use those uh, kind of AI writing like mm -hmm. software to write better script. Yeah. Same as for actors, the same. They generate AI, they probably don't need it even, they were talking about it even for those background actors. They said yeah. they don't need the background actors anymore. They just generated like those AI thing. Yeah. So like, I guess that's the kind of big But deal. here's the thing, if you go out and buy this garbage, then we have nothing. I mean, if we consume it, we're to blame they're not going to make it if people don't buy it so and i think the what's really interesting about the time that we're in right now i mean we're recording the this podcast we're recording on a phone mm -hmm. with like a 50 dollars mic mm -hmm. not even how much was that mic i don't remember 25 dollars, and that mic is more powerful than like a thousand dollar mic 20 years ago and that and that I made it my first film I made in 2002 and that film that camera was not half as powerful as this cell phone that we're shooting this on 
So it's like the thing, and, and then this this cell phone, which is my cell, this is my studio. This is my studio. This cell phone today is more powerful than Warner Brothers was 100 years ago. Yeah, it's like a 4K. Come on, like it's 4K, right? Well, it's not just 4K. 4K. It's like uh, this is a studio. Yeah. This is a whole studio. I can go out there and shoot whatever the fuck I want with this camera, any camera, but let's just say this camera. I can shoot whatever I want, and then I can go start a YouTube channel, and then there's so many different ways that I could charge to make money off of that, that it's like you don't need these studios. And I think what's going to happen, I think you're going to see a huge division you're going to see the studios go into this ai driven system that's just going to be churning out these big huge garbage movies that i don't even really like seeing now yet alone 10 years from now and i think the backlash is going to be an explosion of personal small budget stuff that people you know that you have to monetize on an individual level and also you think about like how even our like you know um entertainment has changed used to people watch cable tv right yeah now how many people have cable at home nobody will have cables anymore i mean like not if you're then, over 60 maybe yeah like older generation right like you know then it's netflix and the streaming service and now people younger generation like younger one i'm talking about gen z they don't even watch the streaming service like watch everything on tiktok swiping yeah. on the phone like even for me like i would not want to go to movie theaters to watch the movie anymore i'm so sorry unless it's like a really big film big blockbuster film i would say there but just people's attention span so short you can't watch everything basically just on your phone yeah like nowadays. actually i want yeah. to make a note on this for all of you who are listening and you because i've noticed you, you're not doing it either um on your social media when you're doing reels put your name on your video Oh, copyright. Is it? No, no, it's not because of copyright. I have been doing a lot of street research, asking people, like when we're getting people to come to the shows at the Bourbon Room, right. one of the ways we've been advertising is going on the street and barking, putting out flyers. Like New York, uh, like a, like those New York, like in a comedian's yeah. bark. Yeah. And what I do is I always ask the people that I'm interacting with, who are... Number one question, do you recognize anybody on this flyer? Mm-hmm. I want to see who, who they recognize. Because to me, it's like everybody's really important. I think everybody's... I put a show together and I'm like, everybody's a genius on here. And everybody's well-known. But the reality is, that's not the case. It's like, even though we are comedy freaks and we love everybody, um, most people walking around don't know 99% of the names of the comics that are in the comic world right now. Yeah. And what they know is they know the reels. They know people's clips. They don't know the Mm. name. And you know why? Because no one has their name on their clip. They have the name on their handle, but people, it's so small, they're not looking. So when I post videos of my sets, Ah. I put my name on the video very pronounced. So that way, throughout the video, you see my name. Wow. Because I can't smart. tell you how many times I've asked someone, oh, I love this person, but I don't know what their name is. I, I, I love their bit. And that it's like, good tip. I'm telling you, yeah. If you're listening to this and you're a comic, make sure you put your name on your clips. That is such a great tip. You know, I'm telling you, people do not know. Women, I, I was talking to women that are like 
Gen Zs do not know who Eliza is. They know her bits. Mm. They don't know her name. Mm-hmm. Fucking nuts. Yeah, yeah. I think you know, if people are not into like stand-up comedy, they may say, "Oh, I've seen the, uh, seen their face. I've, I've like you know watched their." They sets. watch a million of their clips, but they don't know their names. You know, that's a no. Thing. I'll, I'll show you right now. I'll show you. Uh, I've just started posting these clips. I think this is it. No, where's that clip that I posted of me? Maybe it got banned. Oh yeah, here we go. See. Anybody have sandals on? Oh, this is the one from the How to Be Improv. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That was yeah. the show that we did together. I love that clip. But see yeah. how my name right there? I have my name, which... Oh. So, which which um, app you use to edit the... See, that's the thing. I don't use an app. I'm, so I edit and see how you see my name. I edit in, in uh, Premiere Pro. Oh, you use like a, a traditional one. Yeah, oh, okay. because I'm... You know, I'm a filmmaker, so oh. I, I edit my own clips and like. Right. But okay. yeah, so somehow you just have to like make Put sure it's overlaid. There. Yeah. That is such a great. I'm telling you, it's know. a hot tip because I'm yeah. telling. If you I'm don't just, do that and you're not Bill Burr, they, they, people are gonna watch your work. They're gonna have no idea who you were. I'm gonna start doing that on my. Do it. I like clips because I repurpose all my video on like TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube Shorts. Yeah. So I never put my name there. I just kind of because sometimes they, um, they have like an auto generator generated uh, yeah. subtitles. Yeah. But your name is not on there. Nope. You yeah. got you got to just put it on. And again, I don't know what. There's a million programs out there that you can edit your reels with. Yeah, there are lots of pro- programs. Whatever yeah. you do, put a find a way to put your name on the top or anywhere. Don't rely on the fact that your name is on your handle because trust me, they're not reading that. That is very smart. Exactly. It's an interesting yeah. observation. I, yeah, we just fell on that. Yeah. I couldn't believe how many people did not know. The only person that people knew consistently was Tom Arnold, who is one of my favorite comics, but he's older. And I was like so surprised that all these kids knew who Tom Arnold was, but they didn't know who Eliza was. Yeah. And it's like, uh, this is crazy. <laughs> I guess, I honestly, I didn't know, like, you know, Tom Allo's name uh, until, like, I saw the movie. My, yeah. And I saw, like, oh, oh, okay, that's him. You know, I didn't even know he does, like, stand-up comedy. <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of people don't know like he does. Actors, yeah. you know. I saw the way, like, I mean, lots of stand-up comedian actors as well, right? Because yeah. I didn't know, like, he does, like, stand-up comedy. I saw yeah. that he's, like, an actor in the True Lies, right? Yeah. That's it. But like, I, you know, honestly, if I didn't watch that movie, I don't know who he is. Yeah. Yeah. No, a lot of people don't know that yeah. he's a comic, but they know him as a, as a name. And, and, uh, I think it's because most, look, people don't watch anything anymore. They just scroll through, you know. No, 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 no. They're not committed to anything. So because yeah, there's so much content out there. You can't scroll. Like I can watch TikTok for hours. Yeah. And I'm not gonna go watch a movie these days. If I watch a movie, I get it really antsy. Unless like that's a really if if it's a good movie, it can make me sit there watch the whole movie. That's like, oh my gosh, surprise! Yeah, I haven't had that moment for a long time because people's attention span is so short. It's really short. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, if I watch a movie, I was like, oh okay, I'm gonna start to also uh, always multitask. I'm watching a movie. I'm also watching like. Instagram, TikTok, and yeah. everything at the same time. You have like a multiple device there. Yeah. You will not be able to focus on one thing at a time these days. I don't know about just me or like everybody's like this. Yeah. This is why robots are taking over. Yeah. 
and it robots are going to take over. What's going to happen is you're going to be in a capsule full of screens and the robots are going to be living. <laughs> That's why this strike is uh, so much like, you know, it's, it, this strike is kind of also representation of our revolution of humanity against the, like the AI. Yeah. Right? But eventually I think there is going to be some sort of you know, middle ground. How? Nah, there won't be though. Um, you don't think so? Nah. That humanity and a robot's gonna reach like agreement or something like. Nah, know, because the, here's the way. problem: is that it, there's no advantage for the robot or the AI or these companies. They have no reason to negotiate. They don't need. They don't need the actor. That's the problem. Is that at the end of the day they don't need the actor because we don't have movie stars anymore. You know, you 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 mentioned about this. This is so right when you said that we don't have movie star anymore. Because nowadays, because like I I got hired to promote this huge film as well as influencer. So now nowadays I notice there's huge like difference in the past they were hired like a movie star right mm -hmm. to do like a big commercial. Nowadays, uh, they they rather hire 100 influencer. And, and influencers are like here today, gone tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So, like, like you said, there's no movie stars anymore. And then, twenty years or twenty-five years ago, when I moved to LA, uh -huh. LA was nothing but rock stars and movie stars. It was a tiny town. It was so much fun. I still love it. It's still my favorite place. But what's so crazy to me is how it's flipped from like it literally used to be. No matter where you went in Hollywood. You were eating lunch, coffee, dinner, drinks, whatever. It was nothing but movie stars and, and rock stars. And then that was the era. It was the era of the rock star and the movie star. Now, you, I mean, name a, name a current rock star or movie star. Mm. You can't. I mean, you say Brad Pitt, but he's not. I mean, Brad Pitt's 60. You know what I mean? Like, Brad Pitt isn't a... Like, there's nobody, like, he's old guard movie star. He's not like a... Yeah. You know, and the thing is, and, and a lot of that has to do with the, the television model. Everything going from film to TV star is now you're, you're popular in a series, but then it's like, there's so much content, so many people acting now that not, you're just not really, the, the, the era of the, of the movie star is gone. And see, here's the problem for the actor if you if if you can't be a movie star now, then what's your value, other than your skill? But if your skill can be replicated by a machine, or a robot, or artificial intelligence, if you, you then you don't. And this is what people like Sarah Silverman are fighting for, or like uh uh who is that uh Kimiko what what uh the the I think she's Chinese or Japanese. She's Asian. Kimiko, what's Kimiko's last name? Who's Kimiko? She was the actor on Orange is the New Black. Oh, okay. All right. Kimiko. I don't remember her last name. Okay. Anyway, she was, I was watching her Instagram. Uh, uh, Hank Chen is good friends with her. I should, I should ask him. Mm -hmm. um, but she's on my Instagram. Anyway, whatever. I'm a space cadet. So, I was looking at her Instagram, and she's fighting about this right now. She's a known actor, even though I can't remember her fucking last name, but she's a known actor, has half a million 
followers. I mean, that's a lot of followers, half a million followers. And um, she, her residual checks are nothing. Mm. It's so funny. That's the one thing uh, I n- noticed our residual check. Because I've been like a Screen Actors Guild member for like almost 12 years. I joined when I was very young, before, after I merged. And then and this casting director I used, used to work with, and he asked all the actors yesterday post their residual check online. Yeah. So say who it has the least. There is one actor post one residual check. Guess how how much that? Mm-hmm. Eighty seven cents. Yeah. That just kind of like says how much it got scoot over. I got I, I did one show guest star on this FX show. I remember my first residual check was like thousands of dollars and. Uh, uh, last month, I got one from because I got all the direct deposit to my screen actor. It's a thirty dollars. Oh wow! <laughs> and uh, like, uh, well, that's kind of like so. That's like know. a smoothie at Air One. Yeah, exactly. So I guess that's for like, those well-known actors. They lived on their residual checks, right? Yep. Because lots of older actors, they probably just expected their residual check is gonna kind of keep them till retiring yeah. like stuff like that right so now they don't have like yeah. 87 cents or whatever <laughs> but you, know, you the, know yeah no and it's crazy because you know if like what are the movies that are popular in the theater now they're all superhero movies yeah like marvel films or like the remake like indiana jones yeah those kind of but films here's here's well. the problem with those those films especially the superhero films the star of the film is a character. It's not the... No one gives a shit who's playing the character. Maybe one day it's Tom Cruise, then the next day it's some other name actor, but it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. The star is not the the movie star. The star is the character. Yeah, people remember the character. Because yeah. The, because a character has a huge fan base. It's not the star. Yeah, you might have right? a performer, like when Heath Ledger, you know, yeah. played... Uh, uh, Joker. The Joker, that was iconic. Yeah. But other than that, it's like, you know, unfortunately when when a when a movie star or a musician is no longer the the star, then they don't really have any uh you don't have any leverage. Yeah. You know, if you're an, an unknown actor has no leverage. Yeah, that's why I feel like, you know, kinda lucky when I just started doing stand comedy like a couple years ago. Like, you know, I feel like, oh, at least we do live shows. We're not just depending on, like, you know, doing, like, acting jobs. But I, I don't even know what's going to be the future for stand-up comedy, right? And, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a little bit different from, like, TV and the film. Like, we still, like, now, with everyone's kind of just, like, you know, going on strike, like, as comedian, we can still perform, kind of. I mean, it's still hard. Do you feel like doing stand-up comedy is hard? Do you feel like, you know... What 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 is your perspective for like you know, comedians a comedy world community wise? Well, I think here's what I feel about comedy. I think number one, comedy, the comedian is the new rock star, movie star. You think so? Absolutely, and the reason why is because no artistic medium is better fit with social media than comedy. Because hmm. you're you're writing short pieces of content you know as a comedian i don't need anybody except myself to write the jokes and film them and then put them up on 
my socials and then right there there a few billion people can see them right now yeah you can't do that if you're a musician i mean you can you know play guitar in front of i mean how many times have you watched a guitar video Mm -hmm. like when you're scrolling are you scrolling for music are you scrolling for scenes in a movie no you're scrolling for little tidbits of comedy that's like 99% of the, the stuff. That and cat videos and, and people cooking and <laughs> eating. Yeah. But other than that, it's mostly comedy. You know what I mean? And yeah. we live in an era. And the thing that's great about being a comic is that it lives online, but it also lives live. Yes, exactly. I think that that's why I feel like stand-up comedy has a little bit more space compared to TV and film. People come out, they want to go to live shows. That's kind of different. You provide different, uh, how to say, different environment Yeah. for people to enjoy. Like, you know, come to the live show is very different to, to watch this special on Netflix, right? You go there, you can also order drinks, yeah. order food. It's kind of sort of like people can have a daylight. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, as much as like, um, I think you know, people said, oh well, it's hard to you know get people come to comedy shows, but I think it's still kind of part of the culture. People still want to come out and do things. Oh, absolutely, because people are, you know, look, the world is so insane right now. People need outlets to go, you know, in 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 the thing that's great about comedy is comedy. Most comedians do material about the world that we're living in today. Yeah, it's very relatable. and, and It helps us process yeah, exactly. our lives. There's no other medium that allows you to directly process the horrors of life more than comedy. Yeah. And, 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 you do, and it's in short form. People, they don't have... Like, when was the last time you went to a two-hour opera? I mean, I love opera, but mm. I'll do that a couple times a year comedy I'll go to every night of the week you know yeah. and 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 it's you know it's disposable it's uh it's it's topical and it's timely wise as well because yeah. if you go to opera you go to watch the ballet or theater those kind of things it's just I mean it's it's great arts but it's different from comedy comedy is very mm -hmm. current yeah like you say comedian talk about what's what's happening right now people can relate it to that right yeah. away right like i don't remember like you know when we watched like shakespeare's anymore i remember when we were a kid we we started like theater but right now if we want to go watch shakespeare i'm like oh my god for two hours sitting there yeah it is, i don't mean it's a torture but <laughs> just people's attention span so yeah sure, so it's sure, hard right? it's hard for people yeah and you already know what's going on because yeah. for every opera, every Shakespeare, you already know the story, Romeo and Juliet. You already know if, when you watch the beginning, you already know the end. But for comedy, it's unexpe unexpected. Yeah. It's current. It's it's kind of relatable for lots of people as well. Now, that being said, you did ask how it, it, it is very hard. It's the hardest thing. Yeah, tell, well, the tell hardest me thing about is, your, your show. Like, you think it's hard to produce a show, to get people come to No, no, comedy? no. Producing is easier than writing. Writing is the hardest fucking thing ever. So you think the writing is hard for Oh, you? it's the yeah. hardest thing in the world. Okay. And then I do, I, I'm in clown school, and that's <laughs> that's so, even harder than comedy. So you, you are actually in clown school. Yeah. So you want yeah. to be a clown. Well, I don't want to be a clown. I mean, I, I kind of, I, I mean, I already am a clown. <laughs> <laughs> you are but a clown. No, it's, 
it, it helps me with my comedy. I like right. it as a as an artistic discipline. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm it's I'm very serious about it, and uh, I've written bits about it, and people don't realize that it's not actually made up. It's like I actually am in con school, and um, and I started doing it because another comedian recommended. He was like, "Oh, this clown class is amazing. You should try to do it." And um and I did it and now I'm obsessed with it and I'm in the third class now. It's like there's three interclasses and then you do advanced clown technique mm-hmm. and all that. And um <laughs> and it's it's really it's really insane. It's it's really difficult. <laughs> but the comedy is it all comes out of the writing. Yeah. The writing right. is the hardest part and I'm you know, I I have good sets sometimes, you know. I don't, I'm I'm past that point. I don't go up and bomb any that much. I mean, I'm not saying I can't bomb. I've seen big names bomb. I don't go up there. I'm not shaking when I get on stage anymore. But um, but you know, I mean, it's I'm always completely dissatisfied with the comedy that's coming out of my mouth. I think part of it is because I've got you know I'm 50, so I have a 50 year old brain, and I've been doing art on many different levels for 30 plus years now as a professional. So I have a brain and I've got a master's degree in art. I mean, I, I, I know art really well analytically and other modalities, but the problem is there's no, there's no rushing uh, a new art medium. And so for me, it's like, you know, comedy, it's like, I can have all the intellectual, you know, insight in the world but the problem is you still have to start as a baby so I'm, i kind of feel like i'm a i'm a baby that's making all these sounds that are just unintelligible but in my head i'm like i have these high concept ideas that i would love to turn into bits but reality is i'm an infant so it's really dissatisfying yeah i also feel like coming from like the acting background it's like uh, how do you like turn the storytelling into like shorter bits and mm-hmm. get to punch that quicker like i do agree with you writing is hard part you know coming up with new jokes you, you know you constantly have to keep writing right and then another thing i also feel like as a comedian these days it's hard is like you said we talk about it you have to put your clips on social media mm-hmm. right that's another thing is like you have to go watch your own sets and edit it that's the part i hate most i hate to watch myself yeah and i i hate it so much but the thing is as a comedian you have to get on social media you have to promote yourself it's part of how you get a job these days right? yeah that's the part I hate the most is go watch my own set and cut it because I can't stand it. I think a part of being an actor is uh, some actors say that they hate to watch themselves on yeah. screen. That's me. I, I'm this type. I hate to watch myself. I know it's hard to believe. I well, can't. I I mean, I honestly, yeah. I love watching myself when, you it's, do? when it's good. You're very lucky then. When it's good. But the problem is it's usually awful. So <laughs> I, I don't like it when I'm awful. You know, which is 90% of the time right now. I also think because like uh, most comedian artists are very kind of like uh, critical about themselves. Yeah. So when I watch my set, I'm like, oh my God, I can't, the things I can't even stand to hear my own voice. Yeah, I hate it too. I hate it so Not much. yours. I mean, I hate my voice. <laughs> yeah, me too. Like I hate my own voice. That's why like, cutting my own clips is a torture for me. Yeah. Like I was like, that's like I saw those comedians put their sets on like Instagram or everywhere. It's kind of the way to promote yourself. I'm like, 
oh gosh, I hate that part. But the thing yeah. is, you have to. Because nowadays, even like today, I was talking to another comedian, my, my friend said, hey, I know this, uh, you know, uh, the producer, they want to do some, put a new comedian in their show, in their show, not a new comedian, just comedian, said, can you send me a clips? And then you had to go edit the clips and send it to them. Yeah. Right? You had to force yourself to do that. It's like you are yourself um, manager and promoter and editor. But see, that's the fucking good thing, though. You think so? Yeah, absolutely. Like are you kidding? That's you the, like that part. Well, it's not that I like the part. I like. Right. I don't like the responsibility of that. Uh-huh. But what I like about it is you don't have to go through a bunch of suits in front of doorways saying no to you. Mm, you can no. put the shittiest fucking... You can sit there, record garbage clips all day long, put it on Instagram, publish that to the world, and just pump that shit out, and eventually you will find an audience. Yeah, that's... a. I agree with you about this part. It's like you don't you, you don't have to go to uh, like gatekeeper anymore. No. Basically now the social that's another good thing about social media. As much as I hated this part is like uh, editing my own video, like watch my own sets, but I do think social media opened that doors for artists. Yeah. Because in the past I heard like those older comedians told me said oh, you have to go to like, you know, the club, hang out with the booker until two AM, you have to drink, you like that's like that would be torture for me. I hate that part. Because I personally I, I don't mean anti social in some way but I feel like it's like you sort of had to force yourself to kiss someone's ass right yeah and then how can one person decide your comedy is good or not comedy is very subjective. well they did it all the time yeah exactly <laughs> like, the thing is that that's the thing that's one thing about social media is that you put like you said you put out it there let the society let everybody decide if you can find your own audience if people like your comedy they're gonna like it if some people may hate you right but the traditional way is that you just have to go through one person. That person think, oh, you're good. I'm going to put you in the show. Yeah. Like, how can this person decide your comedy can be validated by the whole society, right? Well, like, back that, then, you were curated a, a, a certain... Yeah. You know, like, if you saw, like, you know, the, you know, the head producer at Capitol Records would present the type of jazz... That they're no, they're, it, it's a it, it's a canon of jazz that comes right. from a certain producer's preference, mm -hmm. right? Now, back in the day, the, oftentimes those people did have a, an extremely acute ability to like see talent and nurture the talent and all that stuff. But nowadays, it's just completely different. You know, now yeah. it's much more democratic in certain ways. Yeah, um, I think it's great to be you know to be a creator today. You're, we're really in a golden period, but the thing is, the the massive money, like everything changes. You know what I mean? So now it's like there's all the movie star. You you can't be a movie star now, like you could be, but at the same time, a lot more people can act and make money than used to than you used to be before. Right. You know now there's so much more content being made. It's less money. You're not going to, I mean, most people are not going to make crazy money like you could back in the day. Yeah, it's also globalized right now. I think Hollywood yeah. is globalized. Like, you know, it's not everything made here in Hollywood anymore. You can't go anywhere in this world to make movies. Look, to, yeah. 20 years ago, there was one comic that I knew of in Hollywood who, who was Asian. That? Who is that? Who is Asian? Margaret Chow? Yeah. 
Oh, That's okay. the only yeah. Asian country. Well, oh, she's no, a not, legend, right? Not Mar- not Bobby Lee, too. Oh, Bobby Lee, yeah. Bobby Lee and, and Margaret Mark Cho, Cho were literally the only people I can think of that were recognized Asian comics. No, right now... It's too many. But the thing is, like, the, also I feel like right now it's different as well because nowadays it's like everyone has the freedom to express themselves. You know, like, you know, people also, like making jokes that oh no now everyone can be comedian like that's another thing coming about being a a actor difference between actor and the comedian is difference right Mm -hmm. so the actors we have to go to acting school you have to get a professional training like a comedian people said oh some people just go up to stage did an open mic they suddenly are like i'm comedian right it's different so I think that's another difference between like comedian. But well, like, anybody can try to be a comedian. Yeah, but not, not everybody can be a good comedian. Yeah, exactly. You have to put the work in. Yeah, fine lines between good comedians and like, of course, the comedian who actually can like, you know, write good jokes and stuff. Uh, back to earlier, kid, that you mentioned about the writing parts. But I do heard lots of big comedians also hire joke writer as well. Sure. So you heard about that, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, some people, they, they can write jokes, but they cannot perform. They cannot yeah. deliver, right? Like, same as I heard, like, those big, huge comedians, they have their joke writing team. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, for some comedians, if they hate writing, they can hire the joke writer. Sure. Right? If that joke writer can write, if you can go just go perform and deliver. So yeah. Like, yeah. So like Kevin Hart, I think he's a great performer, right? Yeah. Like he can take a good joke and he can go perform on stage. Like did it so well. That's another thing I, I noticed. That so if you don't enjoy writing, yeah, you can always hire a good joke writer. Sure, you can always hire a good joke writer. And years ago, 20, 30 years ago, I mean 30 years ago, when I moved to L.A. 25 years ago, if you wanted to have a comedy career, you had to get booked on a late night show yeah you had to get booked, and there were like what five or six at most Mm -hmm. if you didn't get on late night how the fuck was anybody going to hear about you because there was no real internet to speak of there was certainly no social media to speak of Mm -hmm. so the only way someone would get to know you is if they were saw you on tv late night yeah national tv yeah Yeah, that's it and 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 you'd have to do that then you'd get to tour maybe as an opener but you wouldn't be opening for someone unless you already got a spot on Letterman. Yeah. So exactly. it's, you know, I'm not an expert in that, but you know, that's where nowadays it's like, you don't, you don't even no one is, is even thinking about getting up on late night now. Yeah, exactly. Well, now you can create your own opportunities. I've never even, I mean, I, I never hear people talking about, Oh, I gotta, you know, try to get on Kimmel. It's like no one, no one's thinking about that. Nobody people are care. thinking, no one cares about that. What they care about is their Instagram following. Yeah. And that's what they should care about because that's what that is the new Jimmy Kimmel Letterman. That's your socials are are the new opportunity to get out into the world now. This is such a great tip. I totally agree with you on that as well. Because nowadays, who's watching that? Maybe I talk like older. Generation. I mean, some people do, but I'm like older. I mean, yeah, some people. I mean, once a while, like if I go to hotel, I watch because they have like a late night talk show, right? Yeah. But on the regular base at home, I don't watch that. No, yeah, most people don't. Yeah. So that's the thing. 
anyway that's uh, towards the end of the show we are like literally almost over time you know hey i We're, can like, talk yeah that's good i feel like time passed by quick is good you know yeah so when you get good, good, combo. good comedian chat you have lots of like you know your perspective you want to share so kid out anything you want to plug for your own stuff um, I mean, I'm going to have the, the podcast sometime soon. Sometime soon, yeah. Definitely go to her shows over at the Ice House. They're really good lineups. I've seen a number of your flyers. They're Thank wonderful. You. I appreciate it. Yeah, congratulations on your show as well. Thank and you. The Bourbon Room is amazing. Yeah, there'll I mean, be another Bourbon Room show on uh, yeah. Saturday. Or no, what am I saying? Is Sorry, it a I, regular show? Well, I don't know yet. It's it's. I'm producing this show called Wax Poetics, which is like kind of a really high-end premiere show mm -hmm. where it's like it yeah it, it only works in certain venues and the mm -hmm. in the bourbon room is where we're doing it now um bourbon but i also amazing yeah it's amazing i'm also doing a backyard show and then there's middle shows that i'm doing uh but you know the big one in bourbon room um tuesday september 26th is the next show eliza and tom arnold are booked that's amazing. You got a great lineup. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. They're like great, great. Yeah, like, they're, you know, they're big bangers. Names. Yeah. And uh, Brittany Furlan is on this. It's a doubleheader. Wax Poetics and I'm a Basil with Doug Bass. So uh, uh, Brittany Furlan is the headliner for for Doug's show. And Wax Poetics, we got Eliza and Tom Arnold so far. That's awesome. So we'll yeah. see. She's great. Brent just did a match at Ice House. I, I think she did it so great. Yeah. Yeah. She's good. Awesome. Thank All you. All right. Well, thank you for get out. Yeah. We finally listening. can get out of this car right now. I yeah. Feel it's like, like 150 degrees. I feel like I'm in a hot yoga class right now. I know. I'm like surprised you like, you're wearing like uh, your jackets and everything. I'm like wearing shorts. Yeah. No, and it's this. a nightmare. I'm like, I... I'm like still feel like so hot. I barely, I barely sweat. I never sweat. I just feel it's hot. I feel like, oh my God, I can't. That's a workout right now. Yeah, it is. Like, this is like a kind of meditation for you. And when you are in hot environment, yeah, still gonna keep peaceful and calm. And thank you guys. So please yeah, follow for, Kida as thanks well. Thanks for following and, us. And follow um, Katja in the car as well. Do you have any upcoming show you want to talk about that, right? Yeah, just that one. Yeah, so I have some shows coming up as well. Like this Friday, I have a show here in local Pasadena in my local theater here. And uh, of course, my Ice House show every month. And August 12th and September 6th is my monthly show at Ice House as well. And a bunch of other shows I'm doing. Uh, another show at Ontario Improv and that's great yes it's big big stage yeah I, I will definitely so Smash Brothers they're amazing they booked me in their show oh that's great show. that's yeah. great so it's great and I'm doing another horror nerd show at Halloween Improv as well oh nice yeah so and yeah lots of shows and I can put the link there and thank you guys See thank you, guys. you so much ciao <laughs> Engines, we're gonna go far. Keep it listening to Cat Jam in the car. I'll be listening to people in the industry. And my host of the show is your girl Cat C. You got special guests coming in to interview. In the studio's a Porsche that's baby blue. Yeah, we got the green light with these superstars. So let's hit the road with Cat Jam in the car. 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 Cat Jam in the car.